0: This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network.
1: Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I'm Joe, 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 <laughs> and I'm joined by Gina Radcliffe.
2: Thought we were friends, Joe.
1: <laughs> as well as Jed Adams.
0: I'll just die if I don't record this episode. I'll just die if I don't record this episode.
1: <laughs> oh boy, folks, I swear we're not going to repeat every line of dialogue multiple times, but we are talking about 1975's The Stepbird Wives. Ooh. Have both of you seen this movie before?
0: Yes. No, I had not. I read the book, What's but I'd never Jen? seen the movie. <laughs> I know.
1: That is kind of shocking to me.
0: I know, because this is
2: a very Jen movie.
1: I mean, this is a very Us movie. Well,
2: that's
0: true, yes. Have you
2: seen the the, the remake with the Cole Kidman? I
0: have not. I, I Do get not. that one
2: mixed up with the Bewitched. <laughs> like, I'm imagining her wiggling her nose. It's not. It's not good. That's what I heard. That's why I kind of avoided. There's it. like one sight gag that involves like a T-shirt with a picture of Viggo Mortensen on it. That's like the only. <laughs> it, it's more. It's more. It's very much more of a comedy yes. than than this. The original is. It's just mm, no. I did not care for it.
1: Yeah, I think for some reason they thought that the satire or the satirical elements of the story would play better as a full-blown comedy as opposed to recognizing oh no this is still a straightforward horror film like just because it's in the 2000s doesn't mean that the feminist bite should be taken out
2: right they really really softened it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah because it's still i mean this is still extremely relevant like we don't wear those beautiful prairie dresses so much anymore (laughs) but like Everything else is pretty aligned with today.
1: hmm Yeah, so if folks haven't seen this, this is the first feature adaptation based on Ira Levin's book. And it's one of those things where I don't, like to have back pocket examples but when people say you know like oh men can't do feminist texts i'm just kind of like well under the right circumstances you can end up with something like a stepford wives right so Mm -hmm. the screenplay is by william goldman and the film is directed by brian forbes and yet i would say that this film has a very keen understanding of a lot of the issues that women particularly in suburbia face
0: oh yeah I i would agree Yeah, same. If you told me a woman wrote and directed this, I would believe you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ira Levin also wrote Rosemary's Baby, which I also think is a really interesting look at pregnancy, too. So I think like he just I don't know, that's that's what when you're a man writing about a non-male story, I feel like you can do it. It's not impossible. It's just that you have to be willing to open your mind. And, you know, I think that's what they've done here
1: hmm. I think you have to be not just willing to open your mind, but also you you need to take the time and care to make sure that you get things right. Like, mm-hmm. this to me feels very studied. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure Ira Levin spent a bunch of time around a lot of different women gathering stories and anecdotes and that kind of stuff.
2: Mm hmm. And the story, at the time it was published, and by the time the movie was made, we were still right at the peak of, of the the uh, the movement to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. So mm-hmm, yeah. it was still very fresh and relevant, and didn't feel you know like you know oh here we go talk about the women's live again, which you know mm-hmm. like where everybody where the subject had already been worn out. Like he was you know, right,
1: right in the thick of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was just right
2: at the peak.
0: Well, and I'll also add, the Equal Rights Amendment
2: has still not passed. Nope. <sighs> Which is And if anything, if anything, horrible. we are further away than we've ever been. Yep. Oh
1: God. Yeah, before we started recording, we talked about how this film isn't just relevant and prescient. It's like, have we made any ground on
2: this? <laughs> I mean, I don't don't know outside of the, you know, TikTok and Twitter how big the whole trad wife thing is. I'm inclined to believe it's not really, Mm. you know, all that prevalent a thing. But that's always what I think of with this. Like, you have these women who post these... God awful, boring TikToks about you know oh, a day in the life of a stay at home wife. Doesn't have any kids. She's just you know hanging around in you know yoga pants, drinking her green juice, and <laughs> cleaning the and you know cleaning the house because apparently your house needs to be cleaned every day, mm-hmm. constantly. And mm-hmm. you know cert- you know tending to your husband's every needs. You know no kids or anything. Just you know, and and what what a what a desirous you know life this is for women. And it's like. For some I'm, women, like, yeah, but I so su- I suppose I mean, it seems mind-numbingly dull,
3: mm-hmm.
2: particularly when you're not you know chasing after kids or whatever. And I'm like, okay, is this you know? Uh, and then the paranoid the paranoid side of me, like, okay, is this some sort of psyop created <laughs> by a man where <laughs> you know that this is something both you know women should aspire to and all men, regardless of, of their political viewpoint, secretly want,
1: right? Yeah, that's kind of one of the weird things about the plot of this. You know, I think from a 2023 lens, I look at this. I think there is a bit of a value judgment from Joanna and Bobby about, you know, what is a woman's worth? Like some of these women say, oh, you know, it it takes a lot of time to get a house this clean and to keep it clean. And I do think that that's true. Like Mm -hmm. as a society, we often disparage women who spend a lot of time raising children and keeping a clean house. But I think at the end of the day, the the message is more of what Gina is talking about, which is that there's this weird, facile sort of approach to, well, women should be satisfied with this. They shouldn't aspire to do more. They shouldn't have desires of their own and especially when it comes to the sexual gratification of men, it's like, well, if you're keeping a clean house, then your husband is also going to be more sexually responsive to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and there's this whole buttoned up clean appearance, you know, they all wear this very similar style of dress, which is so feminized and very like very impersonal you know so it's Mm -hmm. it's and it's not necessarily like i would wear some of those dresses like i think they're gorgeous and these women look great and i think you know and you know i try to keep my house clean also because it i can't think straight but i think the (laughs) point the point here is that it is all in service to making the man happy you know and providing the most comfortable domestic experience for when he gets home from his job because he's been working all day and you haven't or, you know, your job is to keep the house clean. Like I have a friend who was a stay at home mom and she said his job is at work. My job is at the house, which seems sure. OK if you look at it from a distance. But then your job is 24 seven. You are constantly working.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's
2: just unsustainable. You know, your quitting time, as it were, is when your kids go to bed. And, right. and even then, you've got to, like, you know, the stuff you probably put off because, <laughs> you know, you chase it after the kids. Mm-hmm. One thing that really struck me in in later viewings of this is the sort of evil banality of conformity. Mm-hmm. Right. where Where,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I, I get that the idea that the, the the prairie dresses with the picture hats is, you know, kind of the, the you know, ultimate in femininity. And uh, mm-hmm. also, it, it also, you know, it, it being very modest too. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they might as well be old timing Mormons, yeah. but they're all dressed like that. It's yes. like, it, it's like this is something all these men came up with where you know, not only do we need the women to be docile. And to, to want nothing other, you know, want no other needs or desires to take care of us. We want them to all look the same too. We we want them to be, we want them to be thin. We want them to be white. We want them to have these sort of uh, very out of time old-fashioned hairstyles. We want them to dress like these sort of, you know, not even Victorian era, just like, I'm not even sure what, what era those dresses would come out of. But,
1: Little House on the Prairie?
2: Right, which, you know, there's there's all kinds of ways you can do, you know, modest dress. But mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a very specific kind of modest dress. that. So it's it's not even that, you know, they all have the same needs. They all have to look like each other, too, which is, you know, kind of an extra chilling angle on it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jen, one of the things that you would see if you watch the new one is they try to make it a little bit more racially diverse. So obviously mm-hmm. the the thing in this one is that ooh, there's a black family that's going to move in, and we see them at the end in the grocery store. The new one has black families in it, and mm-hmm. the kind of new addition is that there's a gay family. So we've got mm-hmm. like Roger Bart and somebody else, and they also have a a fat girl. Because it's Kathy Bate is the the kind of Bobby character. Mm.
0: That's interesting. Have you all read the book?
1: I have. Okay, I, I,
2: I haven't.
0: It's, it's very, very similar. I feel like Ira yeah. Levin's writing is very cinematic. So it's really mm-hmm. easy to make a real straightforward adaptation. But one of the few differences is that they do talk about um, this black family that's moved to town and we get to know her just a little bit. Like, I think she has met Joanna once socially before, before mm-hmm. the shit goes down. But I was just listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about how like, Like accepting of queer people is used as a cover for some of the most heinous ideas and laws and legislation. And just like if you are accepting of non-traditional love, then it's okay if you're passing anti-trans legislation or if you are. Um, just being awful and hateful. And I think that's kind of where this, this, uh, this black family's moving to town. And oh, isn't it great? I feel like that's like used as a cover to mm-hmm. over some extremely regressive ideology. And that is the only reason that it's accepted and tolerated, especially in the seventies, you know?
2: Well, I think an obvious comparison for recent movies, uh, would be, despite it not being nearly as good, is Don't Worry, Darling. No, huh? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. either of you have seen that yet. No, I haven't I
1: have. seen I it, but I immediately that. thought of it on there's this. A, yeah,
2: there's a lot of mm-hmm. elements of, of *The Stepford Wives* to that. Um, I, I won't give away too much. You'll be able to figure out the twist pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, but there instead of like a, a sort of you know. Prairie dresses—it's very much like a like a '50s housewife kind of look. But right. the same thing—they they have they have a uh, they have a black family, they have a Jewish family, they have a uh, like an Indian
1: family. It's mm. like a collector's edition. Get one of everything. Yeah,
2: right. and, and, and it, it, it's funny because I'm like, I this feels so conservative to me, mm-hmm. like that I don't know they actually would let a, a black or Jewish family into this plant, quote unquote, planned community. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I see your point. Gen, where it's a, it's a cover-up. Right. It's like you know, we're not doing anything malevolent here. We let black people live here. You know? Right? It's like, yeah, <laughs> that, that actually makes a lot of sense when you when you when you put, you put it that way.
0: Well, and it's like in get out, which I think has a lot of similarities to this movie. It's like, oh, I would have voted for Obama three times. you know that's right. that's the thing you say and you know that you're gonna get pushback if you overtly do not let this black family move in and then maybe people will start looking a little more closely at what you're actually doing and you know that just by like letting this one thing happen, you can continue to be as awful as you want to and hide
2: in plain sight you know mm-hmm. I mean it, it is good it is good that. People seem to be on to that kind of thing now. Yeah. Which makes me wonder that if they were to try this again as a as a straightforward horror movie instead of like trying to be very campy as as the the remake did, uh you know, how they how they will address that? Like how long if it will still take as long for people to figure out that something is not right here.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It'd
0: have to be set in the south too. Well
1: yes. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true or not. True
1: i don't agree with that if only because i think one of the things that we often do is we dismiss the south as being uneducated and Mm, then it's kind of like cult behavior right where Mm. we think oh we're too smart to get lured into a cult and then you realize oh i was so dumb to have thought that i was smarter than them and that's how they actually got me
2: Mm. i mean i think a great setting would be like vermont Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm you know, the sort of, you know, liberal, liberal capital of the world, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Because I mean, down, down here, like, like women choose this for themselves a lot. Like I could see women doing and I mean, you know, I live in the South too. And I very much am not a step for wife and never will be. So there's a lot of nuance, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of what we're told we're supposed to want. And it's just really baked into the culture down here. But I've also only lived here. So, you know.
1: Well, I think that's why you wouldn't need to set it in the South, right? Because Mm -hmm. in a way, the film works by saying we don't have generations of people leading you to believe that this is correct, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we had to change the culture because we got sick and tired of the women's movement. So Mm -hmm. this is happening just outside of New York, because you're, you know, you're a short drive away from the big city. And it's supposed to be different, but also, ooh, it's actually not that different. So we had to take these drastic measures to make the culture something new. Mm, with robots from disneyland
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder about the logistics of all of this like i'm glad that we don't pull on that thread because i feel like it could especially in the 70s very quickly unravel but i wonder mm-hmm. about like because i've been to disneyland and i've seen like the president's gallery and i'm like we well, don't walk around so i just
3: <laughs> I'm i would
1: not be convinced
0: <laughs> i know yeah
1: well, I'm curious. So we've we touched upon the remake, we've talked about how we would do a hypothetical new film. Do you feel that this film still works, even when you know the twist that, oh, yeah, we're going into this knowing that they're all robots?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's anything. Again, it's more chilling to watch it from a modern perspective. Mm-hmm. Because th- there are a lot of a lot of men, you know, who now, you know, seem to be pretty comfortable admitting that they think this would be the ideal situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and and you want women to to be very passive uh, to be a traditional whatever that means housewife oh yeah mm-hmm. you know which I I I I think that when they say they want a traditional housewife they 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 want they want someone very servile mm-hmm. you know even even though I, I don't know how accurate that actually was. You know, one of the great you know, mythos of American culture is the whole, oh, well, you know, women didn't start working outside the home till like 70s. And it's like, no, no, no. My, gra- my, gra- my grandmother went to college and started working right out of college. And mm-hmm. I think she may have stopped working for like the first couple of years of my father and my aunt's lives. But by the time they started school, she was back at work again and and so that's you know, me my, my other my maternal grandmother like started working when my mom and uncle went to school you know it it, it wasn't quite like that it again to compare it to uh, don't worry darling it's you know it's, it's someone It is a specific person's specific you know, idea of what this time period was like mm-hmm. and, and you know, for for you know and is largely inaccurate
0: well, and I think there's a lot of privilege in it, too, because you have yes. to have a certain amount of wealth, one, to uh-huh. only need one income, you know, and to two, to be able to, to afford a house in this neighborhood and to be able to just kind of hang out in this mansion of a men's club, you know, and so I think that kind of goes along with it, too, is that men are the men that are in this movie and a certain type of man who would choose this for their life. It's like. I have amassed this much privilege, and so I want everything in my life to be like wrapped around them? me, exactly. Yeah. yeah, even if it means taking away my wife's humanity. I think the scariest thing for me, since I knew the twist, was knowing that the more Walter was kind of buying into this, the more he was accepting, like killing his wife. You know, because mm-hmm. that it's okay. And I want to just check that I'm reading this right because the violence here is implied and we never exactly find out but they are killing the wives and replacing them with robots right absolutely oh
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: i i will confess i did spend a large portion being like maybe they just have the women locked up somewhere or they've Mm. drugged them they're keeping them sedated but i'd forgotten that we actually see that shot of the joanna robot basically advancing towards her human doppelganger with like
0: I think they're pantyhose,
1: right? Or stockings. Oh, yes. Of course, it would be like a gendered weapon, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're going to kill you with femininity because femininity is what got you into this problem.
2: Right. Now, obviously, I didn't look too much because that would have been weird. But I did read something about this movie that stuck with me uh, a while back about how supposedly the Joanna robot has larger breasts than the real Joanna does.
1: You can can clearly tell.
2: Yeah, and it's just like, oh man, you... Of course. Greece. Greece. Right. Well, and that's the thing because, at a certain level,
0: they're conservative, but like the dress that Bobby wears in that last grocery store scene is very low cut.
1: And mm-hmm. backless.
0: Exactly. And then uh, Charmaine is walking around in like a, a crop top, you know, and then her long prairie skirt. So it's like, it's not even modesty, it's like an acceptable type of it's like Mm -hmm. modesty in quotation marks you know like i still want my wife to be super hot and i still want her to to i still want other people to be jealous of me because i landed this wife too
1: yeah which is ridiculous because is there even a man in this town that doesn't have a perfect robot wife like they have taken over so many of them who are you trying to prove your masculinity to anymore well
2: they're like they're like buying it's like buying new cars you know like who who has the shiniest model
1: Well, Mm -hmm. and
0: it's interesting too because like if you look at what Bobby and oh gosh, Joanne wear at the beginning. Wait, first of all, I want their outfits and I also want their bodies. Uh, The costuming
1: in this is great, but also I love 70s clothes.
0: Same here, yes. Oh my gosh. And this is just perfect. And I love how it it's it's like they're a little bit messy. They're a little bit like more revealing, but they're comfortable, you know, like they're wearing jeans and mm-hmm. wearing crop tops. That is arguably, I would say more attractive. Than sexy. These. Exactly. So, but that's the kind of sexiness that might tempt somebody else
2: away or like might tempt another man away. So or a man may perceive that as being kind of, you know, not sloppy, but like, you know, right. oh, well, you know, she, has, she hasn't done anything with her hair, meaning that her hair is just hanging down or she, or, or mm-hmm. she just, it's just in a ponytail or, or mm-hmm. she's not wearing enough makeup or something like that. She is, you know, hasn't done, hasn't, you know, polished up her appearance enough. Right. right. And, and I, and I wonder, you know, if, if this, you know, I mean, presumably it, it does continue because, you know, it ends on a downer note.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> You know, at what point do they, you know, again, like a car, you, you swapped them out for a new model? Right?
1: Mm, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I didn't even
0: think about that.
1: That could be an interesting actual sequel idea, yeah. right? Is somebody comes into this town and they are unmarried. And mm. do we then try to co opt them because the men would rather have a new model?
2: there have been a couple sequels made for television um mm. there was they they are called the stepper husbands which i have not seen but i mm. i i don't know if it's you know just about these specific characters or the same situation just gender swapped and mm. i have seen one called the step for children which mm. uh is basically uh an earlier take on um Oh God, what was that movie from the late nineties with the uh uh the kids are swapped out with robots? Disturbing oh, disturbing behavior. behavior. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's basically a kind of softened although this the the T V movie came first. It's right. kind of a softer version of that where you know, teenagers who are perceived as being rebellious, which means right. they're acting they're acting like normal teenagers right. are are turned into robots. But that one, if I recall, that one gets, you know, pretty much like a happy ending. Like they, of like in, the, in there, the, the, the teenagers are not, not killing not, kids. Yeah, right. No. They're ex- it's explicitly, you know, stated that they're not killing them. They just have them locked away somewhere.
1: Which if you really believed in the idea, if you were confident enough in saying what I want is something artificial, personality tuned completely to my whims you would get rid of the original because you would never want it back that's the mm-hmm. whole reason you're doing this
0: right.
2: right you gotta you gotta cover the evidence
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: and so i wonder if these these robots age like i would just be curious to see what like these 90 something men and their wives who look exactly like that grocery scene are still doing and how they're passing for that
1: trophy wives
0: yeah that's true yeah And I mean, that's what Charmaine says, too. So that's like the real version of this. And this is just a way to keep her as a trophy on a shelf forever. Mm
3: -hmm. And I was
0: wondering, I was worried, like when she couldn't find her kids, that the kids were part of this equation. But I wonder, would it just be the girl kids or would they want to replace the boy kids, too, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I wondered about that, too, because even how do you tell the children, oh, the reason that mommy's acting different is because, right? Like, right. you would think that it would be different, although I guess these these robot moms are also programmed to be diligent mothers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in the same way that, like, quote unquote, having a bigger backyard is better for kids, like having this domestic servile mom might be better for kids i could see myself making that argument if i were walter you know and i guess Mm -hmm. if i were to try to indoctrinate my kids i would just wait till they were like i don't know starting to date and starting to i'm sorry now i'm going down a row where i'm like
1: (laughs) (laughs) jen's building a whole ecosystem of like how do we penalize women
0: Well, and I think the the movie doesn't really address that, which I don't think it no. needs to. I think it is a perfect encapsulation, and I think it also points to the fact that this is an unsustainable system like this is it works in this neighborhood right now, but eventually, like there the models are gonna start to break down, and how do you provide that cover and Because what you're wanting is not actual life, what you're wanting is the appearance of life and the artifice of life and that is just only sustainable for so long no matter how like your how smart your disneyland person is you know
1: so one scene that i had forgotten is when walter insists that joanna go to see a therapist so she goes to one out of town dr Mm -hmm. fancher and i wonder what the two of you make of this scene because she very deliberately picked a woman and it's a woman from out of town who doesn't understand the circumstances but also hasn't hypothetically been corrupted Mm -hmm. Did you get the impression that this was a vetted therapist and this was all, like, false? Like, there was no hope that this woman was ever going to rescue her or investigate? Or do you think this is kind of a, hmm, this could be the downfall if the story continued?
2: Um, that's that's interesting because it does turn out that... This woman is either, you know, in on it and, you know, just sort of a a, a, a nice bland face for her to talk to, mm-hmm. but and to reassure her, but not to really help in any meaningful way. Uh, that would be that would be a, an interesting parallel to the doctor in Rosemary's Baby. Right. Who mm-hmm. Who is actively part of the cult, uh, mm-hmm. like to the point where he shows up at the end where, where they with after after Adrian's been born. I mean, either. Could be, you know. I, I don't. I don't get the impression that Ira Eleven thought much of the psychiatric industry, <laughs> and or 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 you know, you know, uh,
1: doctors in general. Doctors yeah.
2: in general, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think either possibility would make sense. And th- this is one of those and the, the the scheme that, that the men of this town have concocted. You, you can't think about it too much because. Yeah. It's not gonna hold water for very long. Like, like you know, presumably these women have families. You know, beyond you know their husbands, and you know they're gonna come looking for them <laughs> eventually. And, and mm-hmm. they're gonna notice that something doesn't seem right. And and you know, at what point, you know, how far do you go to to hide your tracks? Mm-hmm. But, you know, certainly I could see where they would have, you know, a doctor on their payroll, whatever you want to call it, you know, who says, you know, if you get a woman coming to you saying some nonsense about, you know, there's robots and, and I feel like there's something weird going on in this town, just, you know, you let her know. It's, it's all right. She doesn't need to worry. <laughs> Give right. her some, maybe push some pills on her or something. <laughs> the thing that
0: gave me pause because i was at first thinking that she was very she felt like a safe space for her to right. talk about this you know and there's that one thing why would you come to talk to me without actually talking to me but then when she mentions going away for a few days mm-hmm. that's what i was like oh uh, one is she about to get stepforded you know mm-hmm. or is that what she has been programmed to say if somebody ever came Yeah, like, you
1: just need to delay them for a couple of days because we've already got plans for them.
0: Right. And then call in and say, hey, she's on to you. You got to speed things up,
1: you know? You need to move it up a little bit.
0: (laughs) On the other hand, I could see this doctor or the psychiatrist thinking, like, oh, just kind of dismissing it. I was like, yeah, it does kind of feel rough in the suburbs, you know, because it's the kind of thing where, I don't know, you don't, it's hard to see unless you draw a direct line like the quote about the patriarchy like if it's the smog we all breathe in you know it's like the the fish that doesn't recognize water because you're, you're drowning in it you know mm-hmm. but then i also think like because joanna mentioned she doesn't have any family so there there would be no one to come looking and like right we don't see the process of them buying a house because walter does it before he even tells joanna about it so i wonder What the process of vetting people from this neighborhood is, you know, like anybody buy a house there if it's just on the market or is Mm -hmm. it part of the system, you know, so they they knew that Joanna would be someone that didn't have any other ties outside of Walter.
1: Yeah, and I I made a joke that, oh, it seems like every man in this town already has a robot wife. But I don't think that's entirely true, because we also get a sense that there is a process in order to join this men's organization, right? Mm -hmm. So hypothetically, there's certain people like maybe that grocery store attendant who isn't part of this, Mm -hmm. because you have to have a certain amount of wealth, you have to have a certain amount of privilege and Mm. and standing in the community so there are just regular people walking around this town looking at all these identically dressed women behaving in exactly the same way saying hmm Stepfordshire is a weird little town. I was like,
2: that's, that's weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: You
0: think those grocery store attendants, which, by the way, I want to go to this fancy grocery store, but you think they're like, man, when I grow up, when I own the grocery store, I'm getting me one of those Stepford wives. I'm
2: going to get me Probably. a robot lady.
3: <laughs>
1: but they just live,
0: like, just outside of town, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're only seeing the rich part of town, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, like, I drive farther away from my actual grocery store to go to the nicer grocery stores. <laughs> Which, okay, there's a thing in the book and I was curious to see if they were going to do it in the novel, but they talk about the difference between how they're loading their grocery carts and they talk about how everything is in neat little rows and they talk about Joanne before she, or Joanna before she gets Stepford and just like tossing stuff into her grocery and i just Uh imagine her like tossing bananas and eggs and just like smashing them all over her grocery cart i always thought that was funny and i i (laughs) wanted to see that happen in the movie and i was a little bit bummed that we didn't
2: well it's it's yeah i i think of it from a a, an anthropological perspective it's like whose idea of a perfect society is this Right. right where it's just you know everybody looks the same You know, everything is very, you know, structured around the idea of conformity. Uh, You know, the men just don't want anything more than a servant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, like, okay, you're going to spend the next 40 years of, you know, your remaining life in this god-awful, boring suburb with, you know, women who, you know... Are, are essentially just brainless and, and, you know, for, for the, for what the privilege of, you know, having a cigar and some good brandy once a week with the guys. I, I just, you know, I mean, I, maybe I overestimate what some people want <laughs> out of life, but to me, that just, again, that just seems crushingly dull. Mm -hmm. oh
1: absolutely i love that they acknowledge that the men and women of stepford are boring because (laughs) they're just like yeah they would be because they all have a hive mind they all think exactly the same way Mm -hmm. i mean i think one of the most disturbing things about this film is that joanna is not she's not a firecracker by any means like she's a woman who is a struggling artist and she's like a fine parent but she's not super great at it like she's basically just a regular woman
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and because of that her husband says no i would rather have a robot you're just like she's perfectly fine like she has a healthy sex drive she is a good mother she you know you make jokes all of this stuff it's like she's everything that you should want more in a partner and apparently to walter that's like so fucking scary
2: well because also she she has you know, dabbled in the women's rights movement mm-hmm. and i think that as with a lot of men who you know, claim they want a, a more you know, traditional wife you know, he is worried that with her becoming involved in feminism and women's rights that she is going to, you know, find correctly that there's something lacking in him, right? That that you know, suddenly she's going to see that you know, he's just kind of this bland, uninteresting man who you know has doesn't doesn't seem to really have any sort of you know interesting goals or, or or hobbies or beliefs or anything, and you know that she's going to be the one that leaves him behind, right? She's going to go search out her hot chemist, who's also not happy, which
0: I I wanted a little more of that. But I think there's also there are two things that I think she does that really kind of push Walter over the edge on this. And in the Uh book, it's very like there's a direct line between her leaving him with the kids all day. And him deciding, okay, yes, time for a robot, you know, because uh-huh. he is having to do all of this stuff. And I love the line where she's like, I, <laughs> I entertain them seven days a week. Like, you use your brain. You can figure it You're out. You're a
1: smart man. You can figure exactly. this out.
0: But the other thing she does is she challenges him when he wants to join the, the society. Like, she's like, you keep telling me these things and pretending it's a decision. And I think he's just tired of having to pretend that it's like a conversation he's having with her. You know? Right. Because she's challenging him, and she wants to be an equal partner in their joint life decisions. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: he does not want to have to deal with that. He
1: you barely to- can't handle that. <laughs>
0: exactly. I know. Even though it does look like a lovely house. Other than the fact that th- this drove me crazy that it said uh W. Eberhardt. Like, it's his house, you know, even though oh. she lives there, too. <laughs> like, it's just a tiny little thing that it just, it's like, ah. Uh. Be off your well, this
1: movie thing. is filled with tiny little things, right? That are mm-hmm. kind of triggering or upsetting if you're at all into equal rights.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Joanna doesn't seem super radicalized either. You know, like she's not like Bobby seems the, to be the one who's a little bit more like mm-hmm. gung ho about it. And what I love about Joanna is that she is still a mother who cares about her children, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think a lesser movie would have had her just run and abandon her kids. And I kept saying, like, just go, just go get out of there. You're not going to escape if you keep going back and wanting her kids. And it's not that she doesn't want a domestic life at all. And she wants to go live like fancy free with her red lipstick and like paint the town every night. It's Mm -hmm. that she just wants to be a human and she wants to be a mom on equal terms with her husband. And I think that's what makes this movie, I think rise above some other like feminist satires i've seen you
1: know well i think that's why the scene with raymond chandler is so <laughs> important because it hypothetically provides an outlet right like this guy is still there he's still sexually interested in her his marriage isn't working out so she could just abandon everything because she mm-hmm. knows it's fucked and she could just go and be with him back in the big city and mm-hmm. he's doing well so you know hypothetically money not a problem mm-hmm but she can't do that because of the kids like yeah this movie would be completely different if she was just married and we mm. didn't have the kids to go back to but the movie explicitly says oh well joanna's not a bad person she wouldn't abandon her kids and that's ultimately what gets her fucked
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean no what gets her fucked is the fact that she married a guy who would rather have a <laughs> robot <laughs> but...
0: yes yeah walter is what gets her fucked because mm-hmm.
1: it's awful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you had messaged us uh, earlier about how, like, she can do so much better than him, and yes. Oh my god, just what, uh. a, what a what a
2: pile of mashed potatoes this guy is. <laughs> I mean, you just, like... I know. Like, how dare you, Walter, think that you're entitled to a robot wife? <laughs> I mean, my god. <laughs> Oh, I mean, not no, that no. not that any man is entitled to a robot wife, but I mean, like, no. you know, just like who? How dare you?
0: you I mean, you, you essentially have to be a robot to want to stay married to him for your entire life. Just, just you know, no charisma, nothing. Just, just, mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah, his Papa Power shirt. Are you (laughs) doing? But I also—it's interesting because we do get to see who she was with before, and that it was a little bit like they challenged each other, you know. And I could see getting out of that kind of relationship and really wanting to go to a milk toast match,
1: something safe,
0: exactly. And I mean, I've done that before, you know. I. You know, I dated a lot of stinkers, which I've talked about on previous episodes, but um, there was something really reassuring when I started dating Corey and he is very responsible and he's very, and I'm not comparing him at all to Walter. He's very, (laughs) he's a great guy, but he also like, he went to work every day and that was something that was really appealing to me.
1: Jen, blink twice if you're in danger. (laughs)
0: i'm fine i'll just die if i blink twice no i'm kidding (laughs) Corey is wonderful you know and i was actually watching this and i was thinking about a conversation that i had like i have lived in my house we moved from the city to the suburbs about a year and a half ago and i have loaded the dishwasher twice since we've moved here because our deal is that Corey does the dishes i do the laundry and i just Mm -hmm. i was watching this and i was like i'm really lucky to have found somebody who doesn't blame me for that or doesn't try to like turn me into a robot for wanting to have a life of my own, you know? Oh,
1: my God. These should not be the standards that we have set. <laughs> That's we true. should be able That's to true. raise them a little higher.
0: <laughs> That's true. I feel like I'm doing, I'm maybe underselling Corey a little bit. He's great.
2: I was going to say, he's great. He doesn't want me to be a robot. <laughs> like, oh, good.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and I was kind of joking about the South a little bit earlier, and maybe not even joking, but, like, there are women down here, who want that they just want a husband who's going to take care of them and there are sure. men who just want a wife that's going to clean and raise their kids and they're they don't want to do anything they just want to come home and relax and and mow the lawn because that's that's the man thing and then mm-hmm. the woman takes care of everything else and
1: you know oh have you met my my <laughs>
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I grew up in a house like that. And it's ugh, not so much
3: fun.
1: But, <laughs> you know.
0: And so all that to say, like, we have come very far in a lot of ways. But I think a lot of it comes down to the person and to the community, you know, because this is accepted in a lot of places and it's still seen as the ideal. It's just a lot more accepted to say this is bullshit than I think it was 50 years ago, 50, 80 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why this movie still works. Like the fashion is obviously dated, but the ideas are still very, very relevant and not, you know... Because unfortunately, politically, we haven't made that much ground. But mm-hmm. I think it's just because there there are still a bunch of people who believe in this very traditional notion of gender norms and what a marriage should be and what being a parent should be and so on. And I think this movie does a really good job of capturing all of that.
2: Well, that's the thing. I mean, one of the one of the uh, you know advances we've made is that, you know, people are generally more accepting of women working outside the home,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but also women are still expected to, to handle the brunt of childcare and housework right. in, in addition to working outside the home. Mm-hmm. And then and it becomes a, a battle over, well, whose job is harder? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and having to split labor... And you know, there's still a lot of a lot of pushback about that.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of men who simply will not do that labor. So, like I know a lot of women who just do it because they they cannot convince their husbands to do it.
2: Or or they have they, got the you know they were they what do they call learned learning confidence learned, incompetence uh, learned or something. helplessness learned uh-huh. helplessness yeah oh I guess they're just no good at they it. deliberately half ass something so mm-hmm. you won't ask them to do it again.
1: Oh God.
2: Yeah. It's bleak out here, Joe. Right? (laughs) And women are just as bad about doing it as men are, where they Mm will refer to a man looking after his children and his wife's absence as babysitting. Babysitting. It's like the bane of my existence. Yeah, that's just like nails on a chalkboard for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, (laughs) husband's babysitting tonight. No, he's taking care of his children. Right. I'm not paying him to do this. It's not babysitting.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think there's also like if we look at what is happening in America right now, like there's, you know, I don't know how political we should get, but like we've lost a lot of rights in the last year and there are yep. rights that put our lives in danger. And so when I look at this movie where the point is literally to kill these women, to take their humanity away in uh-huh. service of a more pleasant surrounding, like that is what is happening. When women yep. can't access the kind of care they need is that they are dying because the more important thing is this domestic appearance. And if some women don't, their their bodies need more help, we're not willing to give it because the more important thing is that we preserve this, this ideal or this standard of what domesticity is or what being a woman should be.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we had a conversation about how sustainable is this, and someone would come looking for them and so on. But I honestly look at this movie as a bit of a microcosm of what larger societies would do. So Mm -hmm. while I'd love to think, oh, you know, someone would come and discover this town's secret and blow the the lid off the whole conspiracy, I think the reality is, is that we've got enough information from the real world to know that there would probably be a bunch of men who would say, hmm... How do we turn stepward into a larger project?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah well uh, one thing I thought that the, the approach that Levin took to not bring religion into it, I thought was mm-hmm. was interesting I think nowadays because so much of of you know the restriction of women's autonomy is so much based in some in some Twisted form of religion mm-hmm. uh, yep. that you kind of can't really separate the two at this point, and and I and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, um, I keep on calling. Good morning, darling. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, don't worry, darling. Doesn't really work as well, even though it's supposed to be very much obviously an allegory for current events. Mm-hmm. Is because it's all tied up in in somebody's bullshit idea of religion, and that you know, well, this is what you know, g- God. Expects ultimate servitude from women, which mm, mm-hmm. you're going to have to show me in the Bible, where it right? Says
0: that,
3: you know. Yeah, that's
2: or not my understanding.
3: I don't yeah. give a
1: shit what it says in the Bible because that is a text that was written when and by whom. Like, mm-hmm. how about addressing the world that we actually live in?
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's a it's a typical piecemealing of a biblical script where you know mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll take what what works for me, like you know women being in servitude towards men. And ignore the other stuff like you know feeding and clothing the poor,
0: you know? exactly. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Being kind to your neighbor, you know. Yeah,
2: I, I will. I will only you know follow the stuff that 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 you know, immediately benefits me in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I would be. I don't know. I feel like I I always get accused of being a man hater. I think I actually got reported <laughs> for that one time, which I was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, bring it on." Um, but I feel like. When I'm talking about men in this way, like, Joe, I, I think I know enough about you to think that you would not want this kind of existence, you know, like no, seriously, no, hashtag not all men, you know, and I <laughs> I look at Corey like he he wants somebody who will talk to him and engage with him. And I think I think what's scary about this is like what you were just mentioning, some men. So maybe they try to blow the cover and then they're like, But should we blow the cover? You yeah, uh-huh. know, sure maybe maybe this maybe this could work out for us because you get a taste of that power that
2: patriarchy provides. And you're yeah. like, Oh, mm, maybe or, admi- or at minimum you would be like, Well, maybe the women are okay with it. Or they'll 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 they, they won't occur to them that these aren't really these women, that it's a right, you know, it's a it's a robot or it's a substitute. It's this isn't really our business. That they seem right. happy. They're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Or
1: even worse, we say, Okay, well, ladies, you better fall in line because right. we've got this technology. So if you step out robot time
0: exactly yeah so you might as well just start dressing like them anyways and doing all of this and oh almost like that's what's happened in in real life
3: (laughs) man it's
0: for like because i could see watching this movie and making an argument that it's not really hard like it's not super violent it's not bloody hardly at all but i mean man when you dig under the surface of this it is just one of the most terrifying movies I think I've ever seen because of how prescient it is, you know?
1: I think if you watch this movie and you don't find it a horror film, then you're on your way to becoming Walter.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's more horrifying to watch now. It's like, okay, nothing's changed uh-huh. in, yep. in, in over 40 years.
1: Yeah, it's wild. Hmm. Um okay well maybe we'll leave it on that downer note just like the movie
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: so
1: before we tell you where we're gonna go next if folks want to get a hold of you jen how would they do so
0: um you can find me at jen Ferratu on twitter and instagram you can find me i have a column called matriarchy rising on dread central where i write about a lot of this stuff and i've also been writing about witches for room So I write about a lot of similar things. So if you also want to report me for being a man-hater and then also um, read about why I'm right, then (laughs) then check me out there.
1: Here's the thing. People can report you, but they still have to click on the article.
0: That's true. Yeah, hey, I'll take those clicks, you know. I'll I'll wear that man-hater report like a badge of honor.
1: (laughs) And Gina, if people wanted to get a hold of you.
2: I... I'm the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters. Uh, some recent movies we've covered, we covered Scream 6, uh, Megan, uh, we will be probably by the time this airs will be in the middle of our Animal Attacks April. <gasps> And then I also write about movies and television at the spool.net. Uh, I have a substack, Gina Watches dot com. And I am on Twitter under Gina Does Things for as long as it's holding out.
1: <laughs> and didn't you also recently become a newly inducted member of something, Gina?
2: Uh, yes <laughs> oh you yeah I I somehow implausibly am now a member of the Critics' Choice Association
1: yeah cool. yeah you because did. you're fantastic
2: that's how you got it and they're lucky to have you. that and four dollars will get me a cup of coffee so
1: <laughs> <laughs> only four wow <laughs> I
2: know yeah, I was gonna say oh wait I'm in New York that's like six dollars so. <laughs> <laughs> try again
1: try again <laughs> And if folks want to get a hold of me, I can be reached. That B stole my remote, and that's the letter B. Thanks, as always, to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. Be sure you're listening to some of the other fine programming that we've got. But uh, yeah. We'll be back in May with a new episode, and since it is going to be Mother's Day Mm. that month, we thought we might check out a, I think Gina and Jen, this is kind of a a double pick for you two, because you're both quite fond of Faye Dunaway doing a little Mommy Dearest action.
0: Yes. So excited. I promise I will only yell about wire coat hangers exactly one time. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: uh, I'll, I'll 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 say my yelling for for bringing me the axe oh boy <laughs> oh, oh gosh i'm
1: so excited I love this <laughs> all right well until we come back for that camp uh i guess don't bother taking up tennis because your husband will just destroy your gorgeous outdoor court
0: <laughs> can you believe don't he hated tennis all this time and he never mentioned it <laughs> oh my god of scream pod squad